1: Tim Dillon is going to hell! Welcome to Tim Dillon is going to hell, everybody. It is the last episode recorded from New York City, a once great city that I will be leaving to head to Los Angeles, California. I'm, You know, guys, I got to be honest. I was one of the only comedians that did it all. I did the alt rooms. I did the clubs. I was respected by everybody. That breed of comedian is dying. And when I leave, I imagine this entire city and comedy scene, of which I have no interest in, will disintegrate pretty much immediately after I'm gone. As soon as they say, wheels up, And that plane's in the air, I would imagine that the mediocre New York comedy scene that gets softer by the day will collapse immediately and it will be chaos without me because I was really a mascot of this scene. I was an avatar for it. It is the end of an era and it's tragic for many people. I've been getting messages all week from people that uh, are trying to decide whether or not they should continue living on this earth. Okay? Okay. With me today, a guy who's opened for me a few times. I mean, comedically, uh, Luke Tuma. He's very funny. <laughs> Luke is a, a New York comedian. He grew up in Buffalo. Which is what is your house worth in Buffalo? Uh, like a hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, which and is all right out there. You can get a house in Buffalo for like sixteen grand,
1: and it's actually a nice house. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred grand. <laughs> This kid grew up in a car. This kid grew up in a BMW 7 Series car. He never had tuna tartar. I took him to open for me at Mohegan Sun. He didn't know what tuna tartar was. <laughs> we were sitting in Bobby Flay's restaurant, Bar American. Fine, and they bring out a tuna tartar, and this kid's like, "What is this?" And he just—he's so excited. Which is not—it's always good to be friends with somebody who. You know, has experienced less in their life than you have because <laughs> I get very hardened and cynical, and I want to experience things through Luke's eyes. So I bring him on the road, and like you know, when we uh, you know go to a nice restaurant or something or a place with like tablecloths. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> how how bad is Buffalo?
0: It's not good. It's not. It's a lot like Newark, New Jersey. I yeah. mean, it's like shitty. It's like. Philadelphia is the closest vibe I've seen to Buffalo, but it's like much, Philly's much nicer. To Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo's like. Well, Philly it. has commerce. Yeah. Buffalo they- had like a Kodak factories back in like the 1900s, and then that's gone.
1: Will your family ever leave Buffalo? Never, dude. Never. They Never.
0: were born and raised there. They left each, like my mom and dad each left for like two months apiece, and then it's. it's, it's that's like, it. Sucked them back.
1: So in. you're the only person in your family to leave Buffalo. And you're trying to become a clown. (laughs) So how embarrassing is that? Can you imagine his parents being like, well, yeah, Luke's leaving. He's in New York. Oh, what's he doing? (laughs) Oh, he's a a comedian. It's like it almost doesn't count. But it is nice to have you here. I think you're one of the good ones, you know. And what I mean by that is white. (laughs) No, he's a uh, you are part Muslim.
0: Yeah, I'm Lebanese. You're Dude,
1: Lebanese. I'm doing my first Lebanese gig. Yeah. Thank well, you. you're getting smart. You know which way the wind is blowing. <laughs> Very smart. Could you're trying. You into didn't, you, you need to start leaning into that hardcore. Start wearing sandals on stage. <laughs> Get a little yeah. bit of that. Couple, yeah, hey, you know, I am in the inter and yeah. you're in an interracial relationship. Yeah,
0: my my girlfriend's How, black and that, you gotta lean Jack, into that Jack,
1: box, Jack
0: uh-huh. Lebanese, check suck a couple dicks and I'll be good.
1: You might have to. Yeah, dude. listen, you gotta, you gotta work. do it. You gotta do. What What is a Lebanese comedy gig?
0: They the, this girl Natalie hit me up. She's Lebanese. Apparently, Dave Mirage was gonna get the gig and then uh, he's out of town, so they booked me. And I'm it's for a, it's called Life and it's like. Like Lebanese Investment Financial, I, I don't know, E, something. But it's like life is the acronym. But it's old, like 50-year-old rich Lebanese dudes that like have an investment firm. And I'm gonna be doing like a half hour for
1: that. And you don't really have a ton of b- bits about being Lebanese.
0: Literally zero. So you're I gonna mean, have to maybe go
1: off the top of your head.
0: Yeah, and I don't even know anything about Lebanon or being Lebanese. I mean, I'm gonna be. No, you're from it. Buffalo, yeah. which is worse probably. <laughs> yeah, than, and they're not gonna right. And rich Lebanese guys in the city are not gonna give a fuck about Buffalo. Well, it's when I get booked to do gay gigs, I don't
1: really have a ton of material about being gay. So sometimes the gay audiences are mad. Yeah. Because they just wanna hear about
0: themselves for a half hour. Do you do you do a lot of gay gigs? No. But my, every
1: now and then I will get bucked.
0: My friend at work is yeah. gay and I was like, Oh, I opened for this guy, he's my buddy, he's like yeah. a gay comic, he's like doing really well and he's like, What's his name? And I was like, Tim Dillon. And he's like, Oh, like, does he have any jokes about like gay lifestyle? And I told him the joke about like jumping off the George Washington yeah. Bridge, and he just like looked at me for a couple of seconds and he goes, well, That's dark. I like Chris Yeah.
1: Well, good. Good. I like Chris too. You know, my comedy's not for everybody, especially uh waiters. <laughs> you know? How about how about getting a job? What's what's your friend do? How old is he? He's like twenty six. And what what is he doing at uh, working at uh, the restaurant with He's you? Waits tables and gets hammered. And what what is the ultimate goal for his life?
0: I think that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, good. And- I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want that. I'm trying to get. I want fucking climbers. I want a Gary V type audience of sociopaths that are trying to pull themselves up. No. Uh, I will say this. um, I will say this, folks. The Milo Yiannopoulos thing, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's kind of, we get it. And I think nobody cares. It's not in the comedy community in New York City. But to just rehash it, you know, Milo's publicist reached out to Legion of Skanks. One of the reasons probably is because they bill themselves as the most offensive podcast on earth. Okay? So you would say... Uh, if there was a podcast that was going to host Milianopolis, it would be, it wouldn't be like, uh, you know, Hoda Kotb's show on Sirius, it would be Legion of Skanks. So, um, they announced, they put a flyer out, Legion of Skanks is going to be the Creek in a Cave in Long Island City, Milianopolis is going to be the guest Monday night, they're always there Monday night, and then there was a, the reaction, the, you know stereotypical reaction of people that are concerned about safe spaces and uh, people feeling safe, Mm -hmm. they then said they were going to show up to the creek in combat boots and start chucking milkshakes at people and physically attacking (laughs) them. Those are the people that were interested in the safety. They wanted everyone to feel safe, so they wanted to show up and start a violent riot
0: just to make sure that everybody felt safe. Um... How many people do you think that was total that were, like, outraged? I don't like, know. What, 50, 100 people? Maybe. are, like, all New York comics.
1: Well, a lot of them are New York comics. But then you have groups like uh, Antifa, which is the anti-fascists, <laughs> uh, you know, who show up to places with uh, masks on and hit people with bike locks. Again, to promote safety. <laughs> they want a safe world. So when uh, Ben Shapiro shows up at Berkeley, they have a riot. And when Milo Yiannopoulos showed up at Berkeley, they were like shooting firecrackers into the auditorium. Again, because they want a safe world. This is how they want it. And I guess, and then there was a lot of New York City comics. I use the word comic loosely because here's the thing. I've been in the room when a lot of these people are on stage. Not anymore, because they don't get booked anywhere. But in the beginning, I saw a lot of these guys and women go on a stage and fight like hell against what... Like, the verdict was that you should be nowhere near a microphone (laughs) ever. Like, you should be as far away from a stage as you argue that Milo now should be. Like, that should have been the response to half of these people getting booked should be violent uprisings. That's what it should be. Shouldn't only be Milo. Half of these people, you see their act, they're like, oh, the response to you getting booked at the creek should be stomping boots and hurling milkshakes. Um, These people had careers that didn't work out in comedy. Um, Some of these people have very lucrative careers in, in in things like writing. Some of them are researchers for shows. Some of them are in the sketch world. But I do, I do think it kind of drew a line between stand-ups and, and everybody else, like working stand-up comics, like people that make a living talking in front of a crowd – that's how they earn their living. Because those people, if you're a real comic and you're up every night and you're you're training in these environments and a lot of them are hostile and you're dealing with hecklers and you're learning how to shut people down, you're learning how to get your jokes out there, you can't be afraid of words. If you're a comedian, a real comedian, you cannot be afraid of speech and words. That's your whole fucking job. Oh.
0: Yeah. Also, if you're like working at it, you don't have the time to like start an on- online mob. No. Against the Legion sh- of Skate. Scam- like, you yeah. don't have the time to you do that. You
1: shouldn't. <laughs> no. You shouldn't. But I think, even on a basic level, your business is words. Yeah. How do you get behind a movement to silence someone? I don't care how offensive they are. If you cannot shut that person down with your own words, your own arguments, if you can't invalidate, their opinions—that's a whole bit. Because the argument, and then we're gonna—we'll get, we'll get off this. But the argument that these people make all the time, and and I try to find because there's people that I respect comedically that I disagree with, and that and then there's a whole host of people who I don't respect comedically because there's nothing to respect. They just there's nothing there. I, I don't know what to, you know. They're delivering food. They're walking dogs. And again, I'm not. I'm not knocking those jobs but these people have not proven and they don't believe by the way that 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 it matters like they think that they're as good as I am or they think they're as good as Louis is or Kevin Hart they don't believe in talent they don't believe in hard work they think that the only reason that I'm Uh, in a a better position than them or that other comedians are in better positions than them is because we've found a way to exploit some loophole or we have opinions that put us uh, comfortably in the mainstream or whatever. But what it really is is that we're able to make people laugh consistently. That's why you get work. That's why you get booked is because people will pay to see you do comedy. If you are not getting booked, here's what it means. Two things. Number one, People will not pay to see you do comedy. And number two, nobody believes that people will pay to see you do comedy, either now or in the future. (laughs) That's what it means. That's what it means, guy. It doesn't mean that you're too edgy and radical and you're, you're too much of a truth teller. It's not what it means. It's a simple business equation. It means that people do not think that people will spend money to hear your thoughts why? Theme of the show, new shirt coming. Why? Because your thoughts have no value. I want you to say it before you go to bed. My thoughts have no value. How freeing is that? How nice is that to finally accept that what comes out of your mouth is immaterial. Doesn't matter. No one cares. No one wants it. Who ordered this? Nobody. It's a waiter putting a bowl of shit on the table Did you order the shit? No one did No one did And you don't have a right But they don't believe that They don't believe that And this is why they fall so easily into Marxism and everything else Because the idea that somebody's better than them Or has a talent they don't Or works harder than they do They hate But then, that's the majority of people But then there are people like James Adomian Who's brilliant and very talented Who I would disagree with on this issue There's guys like Eddie Pepp, I don't know how he feels, but I'd probably disagree with him, and he's one of the funniest people in the world, and I believe that. So I'm not saying that everybody on the other side is is not talented. A lot of them aren't. But there are some very talented people that But the whole deplatforming thing is this. It's that the only reason that that Milo Yiannopoulos is not literally Hitler, this is what you have to believe. The only reason that widespread fascism has not taken root in this country is because people have not heard the message. This is what they believe. And if Milo gets the platform and his ideas apparently are so attractive and the American people are so irrational that they will sign on and if that's what you honestly believe, we have much bigger problems.
0: Yeah, doesn't we have it, much bigger problems. Doesn't it seem like they should like are showing a lot of respect for Milo's ideas? They're like, they're like, we got to keep this guy off Twitter because if people hear this, they're gonna love it.
1: Yeah. Like, well, this <laughs> is what I, I, this is what they believe. They believe that like the only reason that people aren't yeah. signing up. To fucking to follow this guy to yeah. the ends of the
0: earth because they haven't heard his ideas. They're like this shit's so good, we got to keep it in the dark.
1: They they <laughs> think these ideas are so potent, you can't debate them. You can't knock them down with logic. That no. can't happen. The whole history uh, of rhetoric and argument and debate and reason, we got to throw that out the window. None of that matters. The idea of how we come to a consensus and and, and how we flesh out ideas, we got to get rid of that. Throw it in the street because <laughs> these people are wizards. Yeah. somehow and they'll just <laughs> as soon as they start talking people lose the ability so i mean so what's so the people that are on the other side i'm like so what exactly do we do should we run every podcast guest by antifa should we run it by failed comedians that live in new york city and say hey guys Um, and by the way, they vandalized Rebecca Trent's, they vandalized a creek in the cave, which is where this was supposed to happen, Rebecca did not book Milo, she had nothing to do with this, she gives comics autonomy, she's always done that, she's done that for years, people fucking vandalize Nazis not welcome, on the street in front of her restaurant, and Rebecca has spent years, helping comics, gay ones, black ones, people of color, trans comics, everybody, Mm -hmm. Rebecca's literally helped all of those fucking people, and, Her friends turned on her, people that she raised money for when they had fucking cancer, turned on her, threw her under the bus, put this out there, and then they got these other organizations, uh, these anarchist groups or whatever, to now start talking about boycotting the place and vandalizing it. So shame on you, literal shame on you, if the woman who raised money for you while you had cancer if you're trying to get the last bit of fucking relevance out of your failed comedy career by throwing her under the bus, shame on you. How do you sleep? How do you sleep at night? And and and, and what is the the plan? What's the plan? Every podcast guest is we're gonna have to run them through an anonymous group of people that wear masks and uh, you know and say, guys, this guy's okay, right? You won't show up and uh, uh, violently. Try to prevent this guy from speaking because that's, by the way, that's what freedom of speech is. It's freedom of speech without the threat of violence and intimidation. People don't really understand that. Yeah, you can't freedom of speech doesn't mean anything if you you take five rifles and point them at somebody's face and go, "What do you think now?" <laughs> Tell us. That's not what freedom of speech is, you idiots. But what do you think about this? You're a young comic. You're uh, new. You're new, you just got to New York. You're you're in, you know, you don't really do a lot of open mics, you do more shows because you have talent and work ethic which a lot of your friends don't have. They will die alone in the street like dogs, and you'll have to watch that and it'll be unfortunate. Get away from them as quickly as possible.
0: But what what is your read on it? uh i mean i think a lot of these people are nihilists like you pretend to be a nihilist but you're not actually you're right. a cynic but like i think no, i they care want... about the
1: world and the children and the families <laughs> and that's why people listen to this show because they know that i have the i have the
0: right idea Dude, tim dylan has the answers. he cares about it yeah no they they want it all to sink i think they just hate humanity and they anything that they possibly might be a little mad at they just want it off sink it kill it and what do you attribute that to they're resentful. A lot of it, maybe they hate their parents or whatever, but a lot of these comics, they hate the world because they're so bad at comedy. Yeah. They're like, I had a dream. I said it to you earlier. It's like, some of these people never had any natural talent, but they were like, my dream is to be a stand-up comic with none of the natural talent to be a stand-up comic. It's literally like, if tomorrow I was like, hey Tim, I decided to pursue my dream of being an NBA basketball player. And you'd be like, Luke, you're 5'8, you're, you're Lebanese, you're like slow and uncoordinated. I'm like, yeah, but it's my dream. So, like, I, it's definitely gonna happen because it's my dream. Yeah. And you'd be like, that's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And then it's like, if 10 years from now, I hated the world because I didn't get to play it.
1: Yeah, well, you, they're angry. They're angry. They're bitter, resentful. Um, and my whole thing is, even more so than stand up, there's a whole group of people out there that have been told to follow their dreams, and a lot of them follow them at their own peril. Whether it's the fucking Gary V. fucking noise on Instagram telling you you're all going to be entrepreneurs, you're not. You're sitting there watching masterclass. I want to watch Judd Apatow's masterclass because I, the there is no class for any of this. You fools, there is no class. I have a masterclass. It's called. You're not an entrepreneur. You're going to die. You're going to die. Thinking that you're going to run the show. Get a job. Be part of an organization. Start there. I have friends that want to be entrepreneurs. They've never had a fucking job. (laughs) Have you seen the
0: Steve Martin Masterclass? God, no. Steve Martin
1: Masterclass. I hope they all die. Why is every
0: celebrity that I used to like going to teach a Masterclass? Dude, you got to. Dude, there's a Steve Martin Masterclass. How good is this money? It's comics that we know are on it. And he's like one of the comics like, yeah, I was playing a funny bone in Ohio the other day and like this thing happened with the crowd and Steve Martin looks at him and goes, What's a funny bone? Yeah, it's Steve great. Martin it's does it you know. <laughs>
1: Steve great. Martin's master class. Steve Martin was playing stadiums and then he quit, <laughs> and then he started doing movies, and now he's back teaching idiots how to do well at the improv. Steve Martin's back teaching people how to host. <laughs> well, you gotta make sure that the crowd is quieted down. I mean, what yes. are we doing here?
0: It's it's crazy.
1: Can we pull up, by the way, Alex? Who are these master classes, by the way? Who I I I, I know the judd. Mm judd apatow is teaching one i think is scorsese teaching one god help us
0: <laughs> we can I, find you a list but we also have the trailer for the um, steve martin one here
1: oh god yeah it. let's watch this god god help us <laughs> this is god
2: hi i'm quiet i'm steve martin and welcome to master class <sighs> <laughs> I was talking to some students and they were saying things like, how do I get an agent? Where do I get my headshots? And I just thought, shouldn't the first thing you're thinking about is how do I be good? I have a little bit of a pet peeve for comedians who come out and say, how are we doing tonight?
1: Why is You've anyone
2: one of the most important moments of your show? I would say,
1: fi- pause sorry. this for a second. I would fi- I would fire, I would fire my manager over the phone if he brought this up to they wouldn't by the way can you imagine me in that they would never have Dude. they would never have me on one of these couches. you and steve martin <laughs> but just the idea that if like my manager or agent brought this to me and they said oh. steve martin wants to teach you to do comic comedy publicly for this scam called Masterclass, because that's what this is it's a scam yeah uh, I would I would laugh and then I would fire them and I love like I res- like well miles a lot I respect pe I, I get people gotta work and in fairness, I don't know what kind of money this was that they were offered yeah because for a fucking number certain number I'd be sitting on that couch looking at Steve Martin like, hi Steve <laughs> I will be fucking just I don't give a fuck and and by the way, I will now say this if I am on master class, no, it was great money. <laughs> <laughs> because I will fucking sit there and read the teleprompter on, but this scam. And can can you guys find like who's who's doing these? You have a list of them. Who are the people teaching these master classes? Because I love the idea, by the way, that it's just you're you're selling people on the idea that they're going to become proficient in something. What's the Judd one? It's David Lynch, Judd Apatow, Aaron Sorkin. Keep yeah. going. Aaron Sorkin's going to teach you how to smoke crack in a hotel room in Washington, <laughs> D.C., which is what he... He's a genius, though. He's a guy that, like, you know, all his drug problems, everything, he's an amazing writer. Gordon Ramsay, Phil Ivey, Aaron Franklin, Masterclass Barbecue. This is this is like Penn & Teller, Natalie Portman. What the fuck is she teaching? Acting? <laughs> Natalie Portman, be, Masterclass, being be, hot. Be gorgeous, yeah. Be hot. Timberland... <laughs> Okay, get this out of here.
0: <laughs> masterclass. It's also like people that haven't done. How the much thing is in this? Years. How
1: much do I have to? If I want a masterclass, how much do I have to pay for a masterclass? It's
0: fifteen dollars a month.
1: Fifteen dollars a month. Let me explain this to someone out there that may be listening to the show, and I I don't want, and this is in no uncertain terms. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. If you have paid a dollar. To a master class I want you I'm telling you This is what I want you to do I want you to listen to me I want you to listen I want you to go and get all the money Out of your bank account Get every last cent Argue with the woman When she goes You gotta leave $5 in to keep the account Say I'm not gonna need the account ma'am Take all the money Go and buy a gun (laughs) Seriously And I want you to blow your brains out while watching the master class so that somebody in some job has to wipe your brain matter off Judd Apatow's face <laughs> while he's telling you how to direct movies. You fucking, I mean, Aaron Frank. I want to be a pit master. <laughs> Aaron Franklin's master class? You blow your brains out and Steve Martin's like, prop comedy, that's a great yeah, start. it's a great. It's a great start. <laughs> You're doing great. I use props. Can we play more of the Steve Martin yeah. trailer because... I, 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 I you, you know, there's. I hope to God no one in my audience has bought a master class. I hope to God this is worse than Gary V. This is people you respect. At least with Gary V, you know he's a fucking clown and it's a scam. It's a put. These are people you respect sharing. By the way, is there anything that demystifies something more than having a master like reveal all of their secrets? To fucking people that they cast to be in this. Or like, you, Steve Martin doesn't know who he's teaching. It's anyone who pays $15. So if you're a mass think of a master giving away the knowledge at the end of his life. He's going to give it to like an apprentice, somebody who's worthy of it, right? No, 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 no. Anyone who's paid $15 a month gets the benefit of all my hard years and knowledge and wisdom that I've accrued. You pay 15 a month, and it's yours. Not If you're a Nazi, don't worry. Don't worry. You fucking kids? You're a pedophile? Maybe you're taking the Jed Appetite master class to make better fucking kiddie porn. Doesn't matter. 15 bucks a month, you get it. You get the class. You could be a master fucking kid fucking director. Maybe that's what. Let's watch more of this Steve Martin. Sorry,
2: ran out of the front. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs>
2: we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about my specific process. Yes, thank you. Performing comedy. Hey, move that over there. We're going to talk about writing. Ah! Editing is one of your most powerful tools. See, that bit's not working. It's gone the next night. Now, what gets the laugh? Whenever it's the word "fucked" that gets the laugh, I always question it. An ultimate goal of mine is to work clean. Mm-hmm. Well, then you should take out Fucked Up. (laughs) I never actually thought I was funny. You may think I don't have any talent. I guarantee you I had no talent. Dude this, is, dude,
0: this is also. By the
2: this way, is so this makes told. it seem
1: like white people did get lucky. <laughs> like it makes it seem like literally maybe everything's maybe these fucking people are right. Like well, it, it's also such a good way to sell
0: it because this if guy doesn't
1: know what TikTok is. <laughs> he doesn't know little Nas X. Trying to be, if you're trying to make something good in this environment, you're insane. You're an insane person. Little Nas X had the, it was, that's like a parody song on TikTok. He was number one and it just became a huge song. Listen, there are these rappers now, like Young Gravy. Now, I know Young Gravy because I sat on a megabus next to the guy who does social media for Young Gravy. Bring up Mr. Clean Young Gravy. It ain't horrible. (laughs) It ain't great. Bring up, now, I thought Young Gravy was doing a parody of a rapper, a parody of a white rapper, and I thought it was funny. And I thought it was a joke. I thought Young Gravy was in on the joke. Gravy is not in on the joke. Gravy is deadly serious. And and I guess his fans don't care. It doesn't matter anymore, whether it's ironic or not. Yeah. Like when I do those desk videos, people are like, is that you? Is it a character? I'm like, it doesn't matter anymore. No. Don't you get it? Trump is the president. We're gone. We're in the void now. And you know, Steve Martin giving this advice from 1970: "You gotta craft. Hey, you gotta craft it all. Take the fuck out you of it. You just that. gotta craft it. Are you, are you stop." Let's watch Young Gravy. Yeah, where's Young Mr. Gravy, at. Young Gravy Mr. clean? Young Gravy.
0: Thank you. Produced by White Shinobi.
1: I thought, Gravy. I thought Gravy was kidding. I thought this was a bit.
0: Is he a white guy?
1: <laughs> of, I mean. <laughs> If you're a rapper now, I assume you're a white child. So gra- you see Gravy here. Toothpaste. He takes out toothpaste. There's a boat doing donuts. You see a nice... Uh, you can watch the Mr. Clean YouTube. And now a, a guy with like a dad voice comes out. He's not even particularly good looking. He's
0: like a tall guy. He's sitting on a horse. He looks like a cashier at 7-Eleven. <laughs>
2: Yeah, with your mom in the kitchen, like a blueberry muff. I'm like, the stuff, all right, yeah,
1: this is enough. But I, I thought this was a, a game, and then I realized that it it starts as a joke, like the Trump candidacy, and then it becomes real. Yeah, this is what people don't understand right now. It's very interesting. Um, it's really an interesting comment on where we are, and this is probably why some of these idiots that are like so afraid of comedy, they think comedy is to blame for all this Comedy's not really to blame for all this because this guy young gravy is deadly serious by the <laughs> way but people are looking at this and some of them are enjoying it because of how over the top it is and yeah. how ridiculous it is and it seems like in the world that we're living in right now to get attention it should be over the top and ridiculous yeah and that's why little nas x got a lot of attention because it was kind of over You know, I mean, what do you think of that song? I mean, you love rap; you listen to
0: rap all the the time. The Lil Nas X song, yeah. I mean, I think all the biggest people are just trolls. Right. Yeah. Trump's a troll. Lil Lil Nas X is a troll. Takashi Six Nine is a troll. Cardi B, like all these people are just trolls. Well, Kim just Jong-un ex- they, is a troll. Yeah,
1: they exist like, in the environment that we're in. They
0: totally do, Which yeah. is
1: why it's hilarious. Don't you realize, folks, the irony of having a master class at all? Well, what's going to be it's amazing is... hilarious.
0: In 20 years, Young Gravy is going to have a masterclass, well, gonna master class, and it's going to be fucking hilarious. the master right
1: now is how to manipulate people on social media. Yeah. That's what it seems to be. The master class is not perfecting your craft. It's going to work for, like, one guy. No. I mean so the, these master classes are just a they're, they're a grift and they're to they're to get people out there sitting on their couch eating doritos they're like I want to make a film to then go and watch <laughs> these people but when you look at who's succeeding yeah. in this environment I mean masterclass lil nazette like <laughs> These people are succeeding because they're being ridiculous. And yeah. Steve Martin's being very, you know, earnest and, and logical. talking about and illogical yeah. and rational. <laughs> and his, the kids are sitting there and he's like, listen. He's like, he's like, when fuck is the thing that gets left? I question that.
0: And it's like, buddy, what world are you in right now? <laughs> what world are you living in? Well, and you know it's so like it's so brilliantly sold too, because the first thing he says, because they're selling it to people that aren't talented, because that's who's going to pay fifteen dollars a month to listen yeah. to Steve Martin talk when he has. You know, what, done what? here's a masterclass for up
1: comedy. I'm going to give it to you for free. Ruin your life. <laughs> Go to L.A. or New York and ruin your life. Maybe start in Boston or Chicago first. Uh-huh. Ruin your life. Destroy your credit. Your relationship to your family, your friends, and then reality. And hopefully you come out on the other side of that with a few credits and a little career. But you might not. That's the master class. Now you save $15, you're going to need it for medicine. (laughs) What were you saying?
0: Oh, God.
1: Look at this fucking freak. I love this guy. He's so terrifying looking. (laughs) <laughs> I can't decide what kind of terrorist he looks like. they just hired this guy. is it isis? is it boko Haram? he's white too I think but he just has a he has a look of somebody who's commun you know he'll commune with the prophet but oh. this is this is my issue with them I did an open mic last night in long Island what? i was re- I, Where? I, I, yeah I was crazy I was out doing? I was out with my dad I went to go I was did out. you
0: bring him to the mic
1: no, I went, I went to my dad, me and my dad and his wife and her, her parents who I like big libs, but very smart. Like the, he's a lawyer, he argued in front of the Supreme Court and whatever. He starts talking about taxes. I go on my phone, he starts talking about <laughs> grieving. To And he's like, well, he says to my dad, he's like, people like your son that lose interest after a few minutes. I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about your tax grievances. <laughs> Your tax assessment problems on Long Island. And I hit him back from like the left. I'm like, I don't care about a bunch of white people on Long Island with tax. He's like, well, it's actually the black people that are paying too much. That's who we're trying to help. I'm like, yeah. Isn't that always how it is with you people? Isn't it always interesting that you're always trying to help black people? Even at lunch while we're eating shrimp cocktail, you're always
0: just trying to help black people. Do you remember when we, were, when we did that gig in Long Island for those like ninety-year-old people? Yeah, and we we walk in and your dad's in there, and it's like a bunch of your dads. The crowd was just your dads, like yeah. friends that yeah. were all like senior citizens. Yeah, and we walk in, and we were like on the way up, and you were, like, I think these people might be old. Yeah, like, this could be an old crowd. Oh, it was old. And we get in there, and everyone's like ninety years old. We walk in, and your dad's like yeah. Timmy, and he yeah. like it starts introducing you his friends. He's like, yeah. This is Maurice, and this is Martha. And as yeah. you're shaking their hands, you lean over to me like, This is my worst nightmare. Yeah,
1: they're they're all ready to die. They're all ready to go. And my dad's 67. He's, all you know, he's done. Logic. I love him, but he's he cares about dogs and wine, and that's it. If you're not a glass of uh, Cabernet or a dog, get the fuck out of his face. He yeah. doesn't have any time for you. <laughs> so we're sitting there having lunch, and his his wife, who I enjoy, uh, says, "Let you know, I'd like you to drive my new Benz back to the house. They, they just bought a little cottage on Long Island, too. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're going to own that cottage one day. And immediately when somebody says that to you, you go, well, when? When are you going to die? <laughs> Literally. I'm 34. When are you going to drop dead? You might outlive me. As soon as somebody goes, well, that'll be, you'll own that one day. It's like, when will that happen? When are you going to die? And it's not even a
0: negative thing. It's just a thing that you're forced to think about immediately. When are you going to check out? Yeah, they're letting you know when when we die, your life's going to yeah. get a lot better.
1: Yeah, so die! <laughs> I'm not trying to be a dick, but how many more holidays do we need to have before I get the cottage? I want the cottage. I want a cottage. So I'm, hey, hey, I'm kidding. But, you know?
0: What was the open mic like? So
1: I said to my, I said, well, I'm going to go to this open mic. I messaged one of the guys that I started comedy with on Long Island. I said, is there any comedy going on tonight on Long Island? The answer every night, by the way, is no. Unless it's like Sebastian is doing a Paramount James. or whatever, Chelsea Handler is, you know, having a town hall meeting with some having a healthcare town hall, <laughs> coming out and talking to everybody about healthcare. You know? After after a decade of talking about getting railed. <laughs> She's now an expert in espionage after she talked about getting it in the ass <laughs> for a decade. Now she knows about espionage. She knows about the Mueller report. Where do you get your analysis the Mueller report? I go to Chelsea
0: Handler. It's so crazy. Do people be like, Cardi B took it to Trump today on Twitter?
1: Yeah, I like, go to Chelsea to Handler because she wrote a story a few years ago about shitting herself on a date. So I said, if anybody's wrapped her head around international spy craft, it's going to be Chels. <laughs> Fuck her. I saw her in first class other day on a plane and I, I, I said, hello. She should know who I am. I'm kidding. She shouldn't. Um, but the point is that uh, she should. Um <laughs> And I go to this open mic at Shaker's Pub. It's I like the darkness. That's why I, I, I'm into conspiracies. I mean, I've always just been into that stuff. I read a lot of like alternative history. And the media that I consume is not mainstream. And one of the reasons is because the, I want to know how bad it is. And a lot of mainstream takes are sanitized. Okay, I want to know how bad it is. How dark does it get out there? You don't You don't have that, which is sweet about you. No. That's very nice about you. That's why I bring you on the road and stuff. You you don't have that, which is nice. I like to know <laughs> how dark does it get? How deep is it? You know? Yeah. How deep is the well? You love that. How loud are the screams? <laughs> you know? So I said, let me do this open mic at Shaker's Pub in Oakdale, Long Island, which is part of Suffolk County, Long Island, other than the Hamptons and a few other hamlets, is a very bleak place is that where Levittown is Levittown's right on the border of Nassau Suffolk but once you get into Suffolk it's very bleak I mean it's so bleak out there where you go why are we afraid of (sighs) MS-13 a few papooses and machetes will is maybe what the doctor ordered (laughs) because it's bleak and it's sad and it's what a lot of America looks like it's the erosion of America it's the erosion of what once seemed like a great idea which was suburbia. You're watching it die in real time. People cannot afford to live there. There's a uh, major heroin problem on Long Island. There's big, big issues. And you see all of that. And it just looks hollowed out. If I could use one word for this area, it's hollowed out. It's fast food. Mm -hmm. It's bars. It's shitty. Little
0: fucking, little sex shops are out there still. It's real... You took me to Leviton, and it was like fast food next to cancer yeah, treatment place. Yeah, it's places. all...
1: The only nice buildings left on Long Island are radiology <laughs> clinics
0: it's really what it where was. you get
1: diagnosed because everyone's going to get cancer. That's what everyone in Long Island is waiting for. It's just the when and the where. It's the when and the where do you get that diagnosis. And you're just trying to get
0: cancer so you could get in that building.
1: Is it after you, 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 <laughs> you, you shit a bloody steak tidbit out of your asshole... Do you then go? Oh, is it the colon, or is it after that last drag of a parley light? Do you go? Oh, or is it something fancy like a blood cancer? Or you 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 piss and you go. There's a real burning here. It's just what part of your body decides to rebel against you, and and that's what Long Island's about. Maybe it'll be dementia. You know, and if you get lucky, you just get whacked on the lie. Some nineteen-year-old drug addict plows in you at high speed. And you don't even have to spend the money on the radiology college, uh, blah, blah. You don't have to spend the money on the radiology clinic. It's just <laughs> over, <laughs> quick. The gnarling of steel, the smashing of glass. I've been in five accidents. I've enjoyed every one of them. Um, I have. I've totaled five cars. Nothing feels better than walking out of a car wreck and lighting a cigarette. And standing on the street and looking at that rack, it is one of the greatest feelings in the world. And if you have not had it, you're a cuck. Um but I'm out doing the open mic. <laughs> and
0: I, I That was as, all about the open mic. As
1: soon as I know, as soon as I do you have a podcast? what's your podcast? You talk about MMA?
0: Yeah, yeah, I had one had one with Harrington. What Fall happened? Through. Harrington. You know, uh got busy. Definitely uh it's I'm still paying for the blueberry listing, so we'll get it up soon. Okay it's never gonna happen. Yeah. Well it's literally never gonna happen. Bite me. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be me, Diego Lopez, and Harrington. Harrington fell off. Where is Diego Lopez on everything with the creek? well where where does that guy stand?
1: I know that he sparred with Lewis over the weekend and uh really took it to him after Lewis said, Hey, maybe the guy's got some good points. He just started kicking the shit out of Lewis.
0: Interesting. I don't He's think like he's a, Lewis is getting beat up over Milo. I, I
1: would wonder what Diego would have to say because Diego's kind of I, I don't know. I, I think he would see both sides of it, maybe, or maybe not both sides. I don't know. I don't really care either. But the point is, I, I walk into this open mic as soon as I let's get some photos up of this of this bar that What's this it was called? at. It's called Shakers Pub. I want people to understand when I say I like the darkness. I like the dark. Like, I'm not fucking around. Oh, my God. You see immediately, if you're watching this, you see Shaker's Pub. You see immediately this is not a place that supports life. If it was a planet, you would say it does not support life. It's just impossible. There's no oxygen. There's no water. I spent years in bars like this. This is a place you go obliterate your life. This is like, you know, there's not too much out there that is really worse
0: than this. The saddest places on Earth are bars that are in plazas. Yeah, like when a bar is in a shopping plaza, mall, next yeah. to a, like a strip mall bar next to a fucking Big Lots and a Taco Bell, because you're getting all your sadness in one place. Yes, that's a great point. Yeah, there's a lot of sadness. You're not really looking for the social aspect of it. You're like, I want to get a burrito. No, yeah. I
1: drank in a corner on in corner bars for years. Yeah, and I've now stuff my act about it. It was never social. I was a degenerate alcoholic. Were you an alone drinker? Yeah, I would go to a bar alone and then talk to the other people at the bar that were there, but they were all fucked, and I would drink a bottle of vodka. Now, you're close to it. And, you you know, you would just get fucking, uh, you'd get shitty. Yeah. And that's why you went, and the bar was up the block from my house, but it was never social, you know? It was not as social, you
0: know? Was, and, a, and a plaza bar is especially not going to be a social you, when you no, went out. You'd go
1: out with like eight friends, six friends, three friends. Yeah, you, you get hammered. Go, you would go out with your buddies.
0: Yeah, but we had places like that in Buffalo with the, yeah. the strip. The would you go every plaza now and then? You, would you go in there? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you don't have a choice. No, yeah, in Buffalo you got no other options. Right, you can eat chicken fingers for the fourth time today, or you can go to the shopping plaza bar. Now you and you never had an, any addictive problems. You don't have like an addictive personality. I uh, do, but not as yet. Yeah, no, I don't know. Also, in Buffalo, it's very normal. I had to learn that the way we drank in Buffalo was not normal. Right. So I, when I moved out of there, you realize like, they, oh, the, the rest of the world doesn't drink like this. Yeah. Because everybody's getting ham, but binge drinking. But like I, I've gone on the road game. with
1: you. You're you're pretty. You you're not a big. From my, you know, you don't smoke weed a lot, or you no. don't drink. You're not a guy that wakes up and puts a vape in his. Throat, mouth, you know, no, right, no, you're not that type of person, no, yeah,
0: not a big, no, not a big yeah. weed guy,
1: yeah. Were you ever any? You said you like to do coke every now and then.
0: <laughs> I used to when I was. Well,
1: younger. what's funny about that? You can't admit that <laughs> no, on a podcast. I, I would like no, yeah, absolutely. I've done okay. coke a bunch of times. You've done coke a bunch of times.
0: I did yeah. coke all night one time with my friend Nick, and then flew from Buffalo back to Boston where I was living. And there was a Russian lady with her baby, and I'd been up all night doing coke. And the baby was like looking, I probably wasn't looking at me, but I thought the baby was like looking at me and knew I was fucked up. I was freaking out. I've had some weird times on coke. I did coke with a bunch of, but then what happened? Uh, I mean, I was free bugging out and I don't know what got to Boston called my friend thought I was overdosing on coke. Okay. The next day, which is impossible. Yeah. Can't overdose two days later. I did coke with a bunch of trannies in, uh, Boston. What happened then? It's crazy. What'd you do? There's this girl Numsha, she's the biggest Coke dealer in Boston, yeah. tiny little Asian girl. We went to her birthday party, she rented out a bar, and it was all like these like lady boys from Thailand. Yeah. And uh she we went back to her place and she was like, Oh, we have fun, it's my birthday. And she brings out like a grapefruit sized ball of Coke and puts it on the table and it was just like have at it. So it's me and two of my buddies, and then like ten of these transsexual women, lady boys from Thailand. And we were just doing Coke with them all night, and then like five hours in they took their wigs and their makeup off, and now they're just like dudes we're hanging out with. Right. So we have to like re-meet them. Because we met the female version. So you're not, you, nobody's getting their dick sucked from the lady boy? No, nah, I don't think so. Interesting. No. Maybe my friend sl- snuck out and did, but I wasn't, I was more interested in the coke, not the lady boy dick sucked.
1: Interesting. We got to work on these stories. They're good. <laughs> they're not great. They need to get to the next level. Somebody needs to get their hog sucked. Somebody, something needs to happen. You know, I got drunk. I bought a house. This is cool. That's what cool people do. Um, but so, get Shakers Pub up again, I walk in. I immediately know it's a problem. I immediately know. Would you would you have sex with a transsexual? No. Would Why you? not? Are you into it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Would I, I, I never say no. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't know. It
0: wouldn't do a little extra for you if the dude had a wig on. No 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 I don't want I don't want women That's why I don't Fuck women Well I don't fuck tra- Like I don't like it Cause I don't like men Like there's Yeah uh, If they got a dick So if, if they, they have a it. dick You can't do it No man, I don't like dicks You heard it here <laughs> He should not
1: work He should never work again In comedy <laughs> Look at Shaker's pub I want Shaker's you to show pub. this bartender This bartender walked outside She lit a cigarette And she stood there <laughs> This woman was really not happy. She every she just w- waddled outside, put a cig in her mouth. <laughs> she doesn't even look human dude. And she was just watching there's a show. I forget Jamie Foxx's ho- what is there a show that Jamie Foxx hosts now? Like what's a game what's it show? called? What's that show called? Cuz this woman, Shazam or Beach yeah, Shazam. Whatever. The Shazam show. She loved that. She was watching that and then she would walk out every few minutes. To smoke a cigarette. I mean, at this point, she's really just waiting for the devil to drag her to hell. You know, that's all. That's the only thing left in her life, sadly. And 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 she's got to sit and listen to, you know, 15 open mic comedians. Look at now the the open mic is in a side room. Let's take a look at the photo of this because this was, I mean, a horror beyond. Oh my yes, which God. is two long tables. It's very Dude. well lit. There's it, They usually have bands in this place, and they have all these signs mm. just like, no mashing, no. Can you
0: imagine you look like that woman, you live whatever her life is, you work in that bar at that age, because you need to do it to pay your bills, and then after all that, they're like, you know what, Cheryl, we're going to have an open mic.
1: Yeah, you know what, You're, Cheryl? We're going to bring in... <laughs> Cheryl, tonight's open mic comedy night. You imagine she doesn't even react. She's like, what?
0: <laughs> she has no ah. idea what that even means, first of all. She's
1: like, Cheryl, tonight we're doing open mic. <laughs> People are gonna come in and be comedians. You like comedy, <laughs> Um So oh. immediately these people start filing in, and here is what I started to realize, and I and I had this epiphany, and I think this sheds light on a lot of the, the Milo stuff too. When you start comedy, you you barely know what it is, and you you know why you got into it, and a lot of comics are troubled uh, by you know, a myriad of different things. A lot of them have issues. A lot of them, uh, you know, comics are very sensitive people. A lot of them have anxiety. A lot of them are depressed. A lot of them self-medicate with drugs, alcohol, food, whatever. Uh, a lot of them are delusional. They're s- somewhat narcissistic. You kind of have to be to, to do something like this, right? Right. Um, and you got to be delusional. That's the thing you have to be. If you're not delusional, this doesn't work. You have to have a healthy amount of delusion. You have to see yourself as something that you are not yet. And you have to believe that becoming that thing is possible. All of those are ingredients that you, you need. The delusion, the work ethic, you need all that. You need some talent. You need some intelligence, which I didn't realize. I didn't realize when I got into it that you needed to be smart and that a lot of people had high quantities of work ethic and talent, but just didn't make good decisions. And when the decisions mattered, they made the wrong ones. And a lot of it just came from the lack of intelligence. And they were operating from an emotional standpoint and not a logical one. And, I, and, I, and I, I, I've I kind of now realized how, how much intelligence counts in, 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 in this particular thing. And I, I didn't. Realized that until, I think, somewhat recently in the last couple of years. But these people are all filing in. And what I realized was that comedy for me was always something that I loved and wanted to do and wanted to get better at and wanted to earn money doing. That was my goal. My goal was to see if I could earn money doing it because it seemed like this crazy thing that would be almost near impossible to earn money doing. I mean, it just was not... If you told anyone you were going to be a comedian, they kind of smiled. They were like, is this guy crazy? Yeah. Including your family and your friends, you know. Even though they would believe in you, uh, you know, they would have conversations behind your back and and in front of your face where they're like, it just doesn't... I mean, I'm
0: sure that, you know... Yeah. Do you you think these guys even consider that the Shakers pub open micers? Yeah. Do they even... Do they think about, like, I need to make money doing this? I need to... Well,
1: here's what I started to realize. What I started to realize is that comedy... You're not doing the same thing. You're not. You're at an open mic. Let's say you're at an open mic. You're there doing something else. And a lot of the people are there not doing what you're doing. Yeah. It looks like they are because they're getting up and they're saying things into a microphone. But it's actually different. It's different in a meaningful way. A lot of those people are dealing with issues that have put them in those rooms and very much like Alcoholics Anonymous or like group therapy, this has become a way for them to socialize and for a, a way for them to kind of deal with whatever's going on. And a lot of times, a lot of people that get into comedy are in a transition. They, they just got dumped. I was, you know, I my job, you know, I was in the mortgage industry that evaporated. I, I sobered up. I came out of the closet. So a lot of people go into comedy because their life kind of hits a hits a wall and yeah. they're like... What's this thing I can do? Where is this place that no one can tell me to leave?
0: Well, yeah, and you see them on stage, and they're just talking about how shitty their life is and how sad they are, and yeah. they're not funny, and you realize, like, oh, man, you should have just gone to therapy. Or well, you some, can't them, some of
1: them get funny. Yeah. And some of them figure out how to do this. The really only difference between me and the people, because I, I have a very similar story to those people who got in because things were fucked. Yeah. The difference is I learned how to get funny, and I learned how to have a career and those are things that you have to learn and you have to be willing to be open to that. But you have to start treating it like a business, which a lot of people don't do. And when I went to that open mic, I was looking at some of these people. And when I started talking to some of them, I realized they're unwell, (laughs) you know, I mean, they're mentally unwell. They're not well, something is wrong and it's wrong in a, in a, in a, in a way That is um, obvious. Yeah. And there was a fight during the mic. Fist fight? Almost. One guy turned around to the other guy. There was this kid who was like stoned. He was doing nothing. Some lunatic turned around and was like, yo, who the fuck do you think you are? (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening? He's like, who the fuck does he think he is? And he's like,
0: so then they separate them. Dude, it's true. a whole thing. That's the thing about these open mics is like Ugh. there's the lines are blurred. Where like there's so many comics that are can be actually funny, but they're close to being actual crazy people. And then act the op- same open mics yeah. are actual crazy. You people. forget. You forget
1: how much mental illness. Yeah. Is in the open mic scene when you haven't been there for a while. It's crazy. You for forget. Them. And I was sitting there, and I'm watching these two guys almost fight. And I'm watching people go up on stage, and some of them are funny, and some of them are crazy, and this is an open mic. Yeah. And I shouldn't have been there. But I was only there because I, it's the same reason I watch human trafficking documentaries.
0: You love the it's, darkness.
1: Well, I want to see how bad it is. Yeah. How bad does it get? Everybody that loves conspiracies or that loves any of that shit is really just trying to satiate uh, uh, you know, their need for... Darkness in, in in it to an extent. If you want to look at it psychologically, but it's also a lot of people that want to answer that question. It's always one question: How bad is it? How bad is it really? Yeah, you know, did they did they off Kennedy? Did would they do nine eleven? What would
0: they do? I love how it's like you nine know? eleven Kennedy assassination shakers pub. Open. It's like, the same the trio it's of really. If you
1: had been there, if you had seen the people, yeah. and And some of them were fun. But, like, they're also hopeless. They're two hours. And here's the thing about Long Island and that particular part of Long Island. It does not have any redeeming qualities. Like, if you go down to some, you know, hick bar in some southern state, maybe it's folksy and it's got some fucking appeal. Long Island, it's not. It's just garbage. (laughs) It's just garbage and
0: garbage people. And it's a real... Unending nightmare, dude. You took me to that Tri County Flea Market in Levittown, yeah. and it was a flea. It was yeah. like a three-story building, literally filled with garbage. It was just like people's old garbage yeah. that they were getting giving away and spray-painted T-shirts. And we were like the only two people in there. But
1: I mean, these are the people that are going to buy the Master Class. Yeah, these are the people that are going to go back from the Shakers Pub Open Mic. They won't even do. They won't no. even buy the Master Class. No. They won't, even pubs buy below anyway. they won't
0: even buy the masterclass. <laughs> they won't even buy
1: the Masterclass. And good for them. Like they won't even buy the masterclass, no.
0: you know? They know what it is. They're not they're not they, they're There was not a guy delusional. explaining
1: to me, you know, these guys run bringer shows for 20 years. Yeah. You know, they just find people on Facebook that <sighs> don't know any better or whatever and you That's know, crazy. this is what it is.
0: I mean, the op- if you think of I got it opens- one guy cuz I
1: texted one guy that I was friends with who now lo- he doesn't do comedy anymore. And he's like, um I was like, are you going to go to this mic? My dad lives, you know, kind of close. He's like, all right, I'll go. So I got him to come back to comedy. So I'm like getting this guy to relapse. He got out. <laughs> he's like out. I pulled him. I'm like, why don't Did you come do a to set? A-? Yeah. Oh, but he, you, you you're,
0: horrible. I, horrible. Why would you do that but, to Because I know he's out for good. Like because he'll never you get wanted, back you, But him. you also kind of want him to be in the darkness with you. Well, I wanted to recapture
1: the fun of what we used to do where we'd go to a diner afterwards and it would I thought it would be fun. No. I thought I'd be able to go back and be like, it'll be fun going to a diner and, and shitting on the people at the mic who were crazy and everything. And not only was it not fun, but it was it was I was not prepared for how bad and dark it was. And I, I was like, was it maybe I don't maybe it was like that when I was there. I just don't remember and I just had the good sense to get out. Yeah. I had the good sense to get out of it.
0: When you first start, you're just yeah. psyched that you're getting on stage at all. So you yeah. kind of – you notice that there's crazy people and that it's a really fucked up place that you're spending your time in. Right. But you don't really think about it that much because you're just trying to figure it out. <sighs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you,
1: folks. Here's my problem with the whole master class thing. I and mean, then we'll get out of here. There is no honesty anymore in this world. And, you know, people that achieve really great things have to take – in many cases – really uncertain paths to get there and it's kind of perilous and there's a lot of sacrifice involved and it doesn't always even out like it, you don't get all those things back you don't get it all back you don't get all these sacrifices you made back at the end now maybe you make a thing or you do a thing that's worth it but you don't get it you don't get the time but steve jobs will never have the time with his daughter back you just don't get it back (laughs) you know it is what it is now and there's, there's a lie now, because we told a whole generation of people, go and follow your dreams and blah, 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 blah. A lot of what people that get to a certain level, a lot of times you meet them, you're like, they were always going to get there. They just chose to get there a certain way, and they're always going to get there. Masterclass, the idea of somebody sitting there, and you could sit on your ass on your couch and learn anything is hilarious to me. You could really learn anything valuable sitting on your fucking couch in your room, eating a hero, watching Masterclass. Well,
0: that's kind of what it is. Is like, let me pay $15 a month so Steve Martin can tell me how to be famous. Like, oh, I'm paying the monthly fee. Now I'm going to be famous. I don't even think these fuckers are thinking about
1: being famous. I just think they think they're getting something. They think they're really getting something. Like learning? They think they're, they're learning. learning. Ugh, they think they're sadder. learning. It's even sadder than just this idea of, like, well, I just want to be famous. Yeah. Um, but there's no honesty. We don't tell people, listen, you can take a route, but at the end of the day, there's no guarantees, and you might decide, even if it works, that you you missed a few of those other things along the way. Yeah. You know? And we don't tell people that because people want a Disney version of Whatever else is out there You know um, Where can people find you If people like you Which you didn't get uh, a lot You didn't say a lot today But that's the way That's my podcast The guest comes on And it gets spoken at
0: Yeah That's I, what it is I mean I've spent a lot of time with you I knew that You know how it me. is Now yeah.
1: why? why Why Theme of the show Shirts or cut. Why <laughs> Say it in the mirror Your thoughts Have no value They don't have a value. You don't get to run off the mouth what you thought. That's why you have your own podcast. Uh That's why you have your own friends (laughs) and your own girlfriend. When you're in my presence, you listen to me you'll
0: call me but, yeah and you'll call me and yes you'll be in the middle of like a rant that you that you're yes. me as if i've been listening to the beginning of it you yes. listen to the golden Glo- you're watching the golden globes one time yeah and you called me and i was like what's up man and you didn't even say like hey man i'm watching the golden globes you just said these people are insane yeah i mean these people this is a dark business yes you'll start a phone conversation yes. like that yeah and you'll go for another 45 i minutes. appreciate so was... your friendship because you're you're okay with that yeah good <laughs> my mom uh, texted me. She was like, I feel bad. I followed him on Instagram. Honey, is he okay? And I was like, why? She goes, sometimes he says really dark things. <laughs> I know,
1: but what you have to tell her is that mom, Tim's funny. You say, mom, I'm a, I'm, I'm trying to be funny. and I'm a little bit of a goofball mom. But one day when I crack, I'll start saying some meaningful shit too. I start talking about
0: pedophiles. You gotta calls. tell
1: her, you gotta tell her, go mom, I don't say anything that matters. And I never have. But one day I'm going to. And I hope when I start saying things that matter, you worry about me too. Because if if you're just talking about <laughs> fluffy, goofy garbage... Everything's gonna be fine, but one day, one day, Luke. I don't know what it'll be. Maybe your girlfriend'll leave you. Something'll happen. You know, have been waiting for maybe me. To maybe crack she'll crack die. For years.
0: You want me to? You want I me want to crack. you to
1: say something that matters, and and <laughs> and you never will unless you experience some real tragedy, and not just like it snows a lot in Buffalo. Because <laughs> you're a great comic. Yeah, you're so good on stage. You're so you have a real way with the audience. The only thing you're missing right now is a tragedy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Somebody getting burnt to the ground. Maybe, you know, and I, I love your mom. I don't want anything to happen to her. But, like, maybe maybe the house goes up in flames, uh-huh. you know? Because um, w- w- you're you're missing the thing that, that makes you go, fuck it, I don't care. I'm just going to say whatever, you know? Uh-huh. So just the next time she says, be like, mom, Tim is fine. Number one, mom, you should subscribe to his podcast. <laughs> Number two... <laughs> Tim is fine, but what you think is dark, mother, it's just things that matter. That's all. And I've never said one, but one day I will. One day I will. And that's when you'll really succeed. But where can people <laughs> find you? Where can people find you in the meantime?
0: Uh, on Instagram at luke.tuma.tuma.tuma. L-U-K-E Luke, that's Luke the little baby. And uh, at, on Twitter at luke.tuma. L U K E T O U M A. Tim J. Dillon D-I-L-L-O-N
1: on Instagram if you want the real unadulterated shit um, Tim J. Dillon D-I-L-L-O-N on Twitter TimDillonComedy.com for all these dates you gotta fucking start coming out to some of these shows Fox Buy Tickets we have a great time at a lot of these shows Comics at Mohegan Sun June 20th through the 23rd August 1st through the 8th American Comedy Co in San Diego Side Splitters I'm sorry in Tampa that got moved to October October I have some really cool uh, down south dates. I'm going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to be in Hoover, Alabama. I'm going to be in Huntsville or Hoover something. I don't know. Listen, they're all on the website. They're all on Instagram. Tim J. Dillon, D-I-L-L-O-N. Um... And uh, this is it. It's the final episode from New York. Are you going to miss me when I'm in uh, Los Angeles? I think you'll be back a good amount. I'll be back a good
0: amount. I think I'll get a, the the just the right dose. Well, because
1: everyone, you know a lot of people that are, uh, you know, like, like uh, I don't know what to, I don't know the word for them, but they're like, um, they're young. Yeah. They're young people.
0: For sure. Yeah. And you, you need some people that aren't young. I'll, I'll miss you. But you, you're keeping your place. If you weren't keeping your place, I'd be sadder. But you'll be you'll be around. Let me tell you right now: if in six months I know who you are, <laughs> it means
1: I have failed, and I will not fail. You know, this is one day you're gonna be you're gonna be somewhere. I don't know where you're gonna be, and you'll be you'll 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 you'll, you'll say I knew that guy, and he was a genius,
0: and now he's dead,
1: and now he's dead. But he mattered. He mattered and you'll look at some check that you're in bed with and you go honey we don't matter and we never will and then you'll turn off the light and it'll be beautiful and that'll be the end of it good
2: night everybody